0: I want to speak this evening on a life of purpose, a life of purpose. Turn with me please to Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, Luke chapter 24, beginning to read at verse 13. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these, that you have one to another as you walk and are sad. And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he saith unto them, What things? And he saith unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty, in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel, and beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain men also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then said he unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he said, at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared unto Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. And we'll stop there. We know the Lord will add blessing, his own blessing to the reading of his word. But let's just bow again in a word of prayer. Father, Thank you, Lord, for everything. You're good to us every day. Thank you, Lord, that as we have praised you and worshipped you, we have sensed again your faithfulness. Your presence is among us this evening. Now, Lord, settle our hearts and take any distracting thought. Circumstances that we have left at home or come through this week We ask you, Lord, that you would remove it from our minds and open our hearts to the word of God and help us, Lord, to receive this engrafted word. Lord, touch us tonight. Touch us for your name's sake. Touch us, Lord. You alone are able to turn the heart. You alone are able to cause the dead to live again. And we ask you, Lord, to touch everyone in this house tonight. And bless them for even coming. For Jesus' name's sake we ask it. Amen. Amen. A life of purpose. You know, sometimes when we read of the Lord Jesus dying on the cross or whether we go further back to his days at Bethlehem or him walking around the what we would call the Holy Land, sometimes we think that maybe it's just a story. Some people think it's just a part of history. It's a fanciful fairy tale to others. But sometimes we don't grasp hold off even as Christians the purpose in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't grasp the, the, the bigness of it. We don't grasp that which really behind it all from eternity past that, that God had planned and prepared and predestined for him to come to planet earth and for what he would do as he walked the scene of time. He had a life of purpose. Every single step was a life of purpose. Every single day was a life of purpose. Every single hour in the life of the Lord Jesus was a life of purpose. He had a task to perform. He had a purpose to fulfill. We wonder sometimes when we see ourselves in, in, our, in our troubles and in our Our weariness is even as Christians, we look and we say, Lord, what is the purpose of my own life? And that's the problem with many today. They've lost the vision. They've lost purpose to serve the Lord. They've lost a purpose in their heart to be in his presence. They've lost a purpose in their life to walk before him. But the Lord Jesus Christ, every single hour of every single day, he had a purpose He was conscious of that purpose. His life was a life of purpose before his father. And the life of Christ, every moment, was a life of purpose. Is it any wonder when he was on the cross, nailed hand and foot, writhing in agony and bleeding and dying, he cries, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Is it any wonder he cries that after all, he has never known sin, yet he took my sin and yours. He has never known what it is like to be separated from his father, yet the clouds went black or the sky went black and we're told that there was wrath of God was poured out upon his son. He is separated from God as you and I were separated, that you and I could be reconciled to God from our separation. And he had never known separation. Every day he had a purpose. Every day he was conscious. Every day he walked before his father. Every day he carried out his father's will. Christ had a purpose. He had a life of purpose. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 13 records him saying I am not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. You notice what he says here. I am not come to call the righteous. Those who think they'll get to heaven because they're a good person. Or they go to church. or These days they were in Judaism doing the ceremonial laws. He says, I'm not come to call the Pharisee. I'm not come to call the man and the woman who will stand against me and say, I'm okay the way I am. Sure God is a good God and God is a loving God. And God will not judge sin. He says, I am not come to call them. But I am come to call sinners to repentance. That was the purpose in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. To call a sinner like me and to call a sinner like you. To call us unto himself. And that's why Christ said, And I, if I be lifted up from off the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Or in the Greek it means, I will draw all kinds of men and women unto me. Men who are in deep despair. Women who are in bad and deep depravity. Men who are greatest of sinners and the chiefest of sinners. Women and men who are addicted to substances. I will call those who are willing to bow the knee, who see their need. He says, I am come to call sinners to repentance. That is a life of purpose. And that is a life of purpose. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. He came that you might live. He came that you might be forgiven. He, might, he came that you might go to heaven. He came and bled and died. That you would say that I am a sinner. In need of a savior. And he came then for you. The man and the woman who says I need not Christ. He didn't come for you. But if you've said it all your life, I don't need Christ, and suddenly you say, I know I need Christ, then he has come for you. He is the friend of sinners. He says, I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15, the Apostle Paul says, this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all expectation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Here is a life of purpose. Here his purpose was to save you. To save your soul. To stop you going to a lost eternity. To stop you going to a devil's hell. Christ came for you and that you would turn to him and say Lord have mercy on me a sinner a sinner don't like to use those words nowadays in churches we're told you have to preach to be politically correct and say you made a wee mistake you didn't you're a sinner I was a sinner we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God here we have the Lord Jesus being announced as he who came into the world to save sinners listen to what Paul says of whom I am chief, he said. Notice what he says. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Paul, who was, we even looked at it this morning. Paul was an Israelite of the tribe of Benjamin. Paul was one who went about trying to serve Yahweh, or the living God, to the best of his ability and his knowledge. Paul was a Pharisee, touching the law perfectly, he said, and yet, In all of this Paul turns around and says that I am the chiefest of sinners. We have churches and denominations and people who say that they are saved because of their denomination. They are saved because they go to church. They are saved because of their own merit. But I tell you the Bible says that there is none righteous, no not one. There's not one of us are worthy of the kingdom of God. The Apostle Paul himself, he said that I am the chiefest of sinners. The man who ended up persecuting the church, Christ arrested him, shone as a bright shining light, called down from heaven, took Paul and saved him, changed him. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. So someone tonight will say, I'm a sinner. I know I'm not right with God. I know I've never come to the cross. I've never bowed the knee and been washed by faith in the blood of the Lamb. So someone that will say, I know I cannot save myself and and I know that only Christ will save. Let me tell you something, friend. The first step to salvation is the acknowledgement of one's sin. The second step to salvation is is for one to realize their inability to save themselves and their need of a Savior. The third step to salvation is when one believes that Christ alone is the only Savior and their only hope for heaven. And the fourth step to, to salvation is when the professed sinner accepts the precious shed blood and the full atoning payment off that blood the finished work of Calvary's cross by our Lord Jesus Christ as their only means of payment and be saved by grace through faith. That's four steps to the kingdom. Four steps to salvation. The professed sinner must receive the promised Messiah as their personal savior. I want you, want you to hear it. want to say it again. The professed sinner must receive the promised Messiah as their personal saviour. The Lord Jesus Christ spent his life thinking about me. Think about that. The Lord Jesus Christ spent his life thinking about you. Every day in the life of Christ, he thought about you and I going To a lost eternity. Separated from God forever. And every day. Calvary was on his mind. Listen to what he says in John chapter 4 and verse 34. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And to finish his work. My mate is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. I have a purpose to be here, to finish the work of the Father. The Father knows that we, you and I, were going to go to a lost eternity. The Father knew you and I were unworthy of heaven or the kingdom of God. And the Father gave to us his only begotten Son. And Jesus came. Every day, Calvary loomed in his mind. He was thinking of you. He was thinking of me. Here the Lord says, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. On the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ cried, It is finished. Paid and fool. Your debt and mine was paid by the precious blood of Christ and by nothing else. His dying, his doing, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. And he's coming again for a blood-washed, redeemed bride. Here we have the Lord saying he has a purpose in his life. Psalm 40 and verse 7. And again in Hebrews 10 and verse 7. It says something concerning our Lord Jesus. Jesus listen to what it says, lo I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. He says, lo I come in the volume. In other words, the fool scroll. You and I would call ours the Bible today, this book in my hand. The full Bible, or then the fullness of the prophets, the fullness of the scriptures, the full scroll, he says. I am coming to fulfill it. Lo, I come in the volume of the book that is written of me. Written of who? Written of Jesus. Just think about that for a moment. Psalm 40 and 7 says it. So that is the Spirit of God Prophesying of the coming Lord Jesus Christ. He says, I will fulfill the very word of God, for he is the very word of God. He says, I will come and fulfill the law. I will come and keep that which you cannot keep. And I will live the life that they cannot live. I will come in the volume of the book, every single word, every single syllable every jot and every tittle of the law. He was the embodiment of it. And he says, I am come. That's why he said to the Jewish leaders, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but those are they which testify of me. He says, you are looking at those... And you're putting in your traditions of men. And you're trying to get people into the kingdom by works. And you're saying they must do, 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 do. He says, but when I go to the cross, I'm saying it is done. Finished, parent fool. He searched the scripture. 613 oral commandments. Man's commandments. Not God's commandments. Man's. 613. It was a burden that they placed upon the people and they could not keep it themselves. Christ says, you search them and see me in the word of God. And you search the scriptures and look and see who I really am. I'm going to show you this in a minute. I'm going to read a ream of stuff out to you in a minute. And you're going to see him in all his splendor, and all his majesty, and in all his beauty, and in all his glory, and even in his humanity, that the scriptures, this very book, the Bible or the scroll, speaks of Jesus. If there's no Jesus, there's no salvation. If there's no Jesus, you and I are lost. If there's no Jesus, this is a storybook I hold in my hand tonight. If there's no Jesus and it's not completed and all fulfilled in Him and talks about Him and points to Him, then we must be like the Jew who waits for a coming Messiah who will never come except in the person of God's lovely Son. The Lord Jesus Christ. But it is about him. Search the scriptures. For in them he says you think you have eternal life. But those are they which testify of me. Here the Christ of God. Stands before mortal man. Whose breath is in his nostrils. They turn from him. Crucify him. Who was hanging on the tree? The volume of God's book, the volume of God's Bible, the volume of God's scroll, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hill the incarnate the deity, pleased as man with man, men to dwell, Jesus or Emmanuel, God with us. When they looked at him on Calvary's tree, they looked at the perfect law of God. When they looked at him on Calvary's tree, they seen the fulfillment of every word of God. When they looked at him at Calvary's tree, they saw the scrolls of the prophets and the scriptures embodied in flesh. They saw the thought of God, the will of God, the mind of God. And God projected himself in his son, the Lord Jesus. And they kneeled him hand and foot. And the men say that I, the son of man, he says. Well, Lord. Some say that, Lord. Jeremiah or Elias, John the Baptist or... One of the prophets he says, but whom say ye that I am? Peter turns unto him and says, thou art the Christ, the Son of the loving God. Blessed art thou, Simon bar Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And here Peter gets the revelation of Jesus Christ. And oh, that revelation takes a man and takes a woman. It is the rock and the sure foundation who Christ is and takes them to heaven. The man and the woman who look and think, well, Jesus... Is just a story. Or Jesus is just a religious figure. Or Jesus is just a prophet. Or Jesus is just a good man. Or Jesus was a spiritual leader. Or Jesus is just a healer. Friend those who rely on that alone will find themselves lost for all eternity. For Christ is very God. a oh, very God. Yet filled in flesh. Man of oh, very man. I get excited when I talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. Here he is, the Lord Jesus. He is crucified at the hands of sinful man. Lo, I come in the volume of a book, it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O God. Spirit of prophecy looking to the cross. Now, in the book of Hebrews, the Hebrew writer is looking back to the cross and he sees nailed to the tree the volume of the book. That was prophesied of. He talks of Christ. He talks of Christ. Now think about this. One thousand years before it happens. The spirit of prophecy testifies of Jesus. And after the cross. The spirit of prophecy. Reaches us back to the cross. Speaking of Christ himself. Lo I come. In the volume of the book. It is written of me. You know what Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In other words, the one who spoke to the prophets is the one who was born in Bethlehem. And the one who spoke to the prophets was the one who walked Galilee and Jerusalem and Judea. And the one who spoke to the prophets and caused them to utter prophecies from their mouth is the one who embodied the word and was nailed to the cross. He is the volume of the book that was written of him. And they took that volume down and they placed it in a tomb. But oh sure the word of life cannot be seen nor contained. For where the word of the Lord is there is liberty. For the spirit of God moved upon him. And he says they may take my life from me. But I have power to lay down my life. And I will take it up again. He is God. A very God. He takes his own life back up. There's a study on that. We'll do that some other time. Here we have... The Lord Jesus went to the cross and led in a tomb. Now he has risen. Two people are on the road to Emmaus. I'm told the road to the Emmaus means hot water or hot springs. So they think there was a spring around there where people went and maybe there was a healing, a healing in the springs or they liked to bathe in it for medicinal purposes. And here were two people who were so down. So desperate, so dejected. They were depressed because the one whom they thought was the volume of the book, the one whom they thought which came from God, the one whom they thought would redeem Israel was nailed to the cross and lo... They even stole his body after he died. What sort of God is that who is one who allows someone to nail him to a tree? And what sort of God is that who allows someone to place him in a tomb? And what sort of God is that that someone could come and steal him away? Can you imagine their hearts as they're walking to the road to a mess? It's about seven and a half miles outside of Jerusalem. And as they're walking... I don't understand what happened there I don't know why this maybe Jesus wasn't who he said he was like I thought he was bigger than that and greater than that you know all the doubts and the queries come to our minds we're all the same we're all the same when we don't understand the path that God's leading us down we're all the same when we can't understand there and then what God's doing in our life we're all the same when we can't see past today, tomorrow or next week we're all the same for we start to doubt and to wonder and say Lord what's going on These men Some say it's a man and a woman, so I shouldn't maybe say that. I think it's Clover's wife some do. But anyhow, these two people are walking to the road to a mess and a stranger comes. he says, Why are you walking in your sod? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you a Christian? why is that it's the Lord not your God and they say do you not know what's happened here or a stranger in Jerusalem it says Jesus himself drew near you know, even whether it's in a meeting or in your life or in a time of prayer there's times when God speaks to us and Jesus himself draws near and we can't even see him. We don't recognize him and we can't see who he is and his ability to take us through or lift us out of the situation and the circumstance we are in. And yet it's him all the time. Jesus himself drew near. Listen to what he says to them. He gives them a Bible study. (laughs) See, here's the thing. Just let me get a drink. Christians tend to, many do, that when circumstances come or they feel a little low, they stay away from church they don't fellowship with God's people. Or if they're a little discouraged, they don't go and pray about it. Or even sit and wait on God on it. And they stay away from the word of the Lord, which is our, our, our daily bread. They, they do the opposite. Here's the thing, Christian, when you're weak, when you're weary, when you feel down and out and you're discouraged and you don't know what way to turn. Here's what the Lord says. You know what the Lord does? He says you're you're sad looking. Do you want to go to a Bible study? Uh, no. I'd rather sit in the house and watch TV because I'm feeling very low. Hello. Jesus says, "Here's your strength." I'm going to give you a Bible study. Oh, fool, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ who have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Notice, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures. The things concerning himself isn't that beautiful? Is it not a Bible study? Imagine himself coming and saying, "Are you feeling low today? Let's go with a Bible study." Notice what it says, and beginning at Moses, verse twenty-seven of our chapter, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. Notice all the prophets. What a story! How did he get through it all? Seven and a half mile walk. And Jesus is walking and talking. Oh that hymn writer was good when he wrote. And he walks with me. And he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. <laughs> and Jesus is walking and saying. "I, you are my own. I want to show you the scriptures. Seven and a half mile walk with Christ. You know. He wouldn't have had a Bible or a big scroll under his arm for he had the volume of the book in him and he just spoke it out. Oh, what a study for him just to speak. And the sound of his voice is so sweet that the birds hush their singing and the melody he gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known. Oh, Lord, forgive me, but I'm covering. I'm getting jealous of these two on the road to a mess to sit right beside you and walk the roadside to see you breaking bread and giving us a study of thy word, spilling it out from thy very own mouth, Lord. This must be the greatest Bible study ever there was. He says, I'm beginning at Moses and all the prophets. <laughs> Imagine that. He expounded unto them, notice all the scriptures and the things concerning himself Moses, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Amos, Joel. Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi we could go on and on he'd be spilling out the psalms to them concerning himself I will not suffer thine holy one to see corruption he says that was me and then other went Lord (laughs) marvelous to see Christ for who he is is enough for you and I to place him central in our lives and central in our hearts. All of the prophets, all of the scriptures. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 43, I love it when Peter is preaching and he says, Take talking to all the crowd. He says, To him, the Lord Jesus. To him give all the prophets witness. Not to the denomination, not to the early church in Jerusalem. But to him, to Jesus and Jesus only. It says to him, give all the prophets witness. All the prophets gathered together. Everything in all of the scriptures is concerning Christ. He is the volume of God's book. He says, and he's nailed him to a tree. When they nailed him to the tree, praise God. They were nailing the handwriting and the ordinances that was against us to that tree. It says here to him give all the prophets witness. There's a, I'm told there's an old church in England and it's quite grand and when you walk in on one side and the other there's the names of the prophets in stained glass windows down every side left and right. We're told, like, for example, you'd have Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel and the other side, maybe Hosea and so on. You have them all the way down. But one thing about them all is they're all pointing with their hand the one way like this. They're all pointing to where the nave or where the altar of that church would be. And up at the back of the wall, there is a, another stained glass window. And I have to be careful because I don't believe in idols whatsoever. But there is a, a depicted stained glass window of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all the names of the prophets are below them, all pointing up toward it. And at this, this stained glass window at the back, the script, inscription above it says, To him, give all the prophets witness. Every prophet's finger pointed to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, he had a life of purpose. To save your soul. Psalm 37 and verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Verse 31 says, The law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Every step he took, it was a purposeful step for your salvation. You see, becoming a Christian and being saved and serving God... People have got this mentality that it's a take it or leave it situation. It's something I might do later or it's something I might try. or And even Christians have come to the place where they have no reasoning in their heart, no conviction of the Spirit and convincing of the Holy Ghost where they say, Lord, I am saved, I can't live like that, I must be in the house of God because my place is there to witness every weekend for you, Lord. To witness every day of the week when I'm out. We have lost it in the church. And to him give all the prophets witness. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Christ, every single step he took. When he walked Galilee. And he seen Peter and Andrew. And he saw James and John. And he says, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. He was fulfilling a prophecy from the prophet who said, For I will send hunters and fishers after them. He was fulfilling prophecy. He had a purposeful life. And all those who come in Christ, he gives them a life of purpose. Your purpose is service for Christ and the kingdom of God. We will rule and reign with him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Every step was ordered by his father. Every step is the subject of divine decree. And we're told the law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. I found this wee saying from an old Puritan called John Trapp. And I thought it was marvelous. He says, of the Lord Jesus or for the man and the woman who are living the word of God. It says, he hath a Bible in his head and another in his heart. Christian, have you got a Bible in your head and another in your heart? See, you can think about the Bible, but putting the word into action, hearing the word and being a doer of the word, is different than being a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word. He hath a Bible in his head and a Bible in his heart and Christ had a Bible in his head and a Bible in his heart for he was the volume of the book that was written by Almighty God. Bear with me for a few moments. I want to show you something as I close. Who is the Lord as he says whom do men say that I, the son of man, am. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he just a prophet, a good man, a spiritual leader? This is what the Bible says. He showed those on the road to a mess, all the prophets and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Everything I'm going to ream off to you is Old and New Testament concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. So bear with me, and we'll close with this. It's quite long, so bear with me. He is El Elyon, God Most High, Creator and Possessor of Heaven and Earth. He is El Shaddai, God, all-powerful and all-sufficient for every need. He is Jehovah Jareh, the Lord who sees, the Lord my Provider. He is Jehovah Rophe, the Lord who healeth thee. Or the Lord who keepeth thee in health. He is Jehovah Makkah, The Lord who smites. The Lord who smites our enemies. No weapon that is formed against us shall prosper. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is the Lord our banner. He who is the one who leads us to victory. He is Jehovah Sabaoth. He is the Lord of hosts. The military God who comes to fight and to defend All of our foes and in all of our needs. He is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace, the Lord our peace of body, soul, and spirit, and in all the world around. He is Jehovah Sekhenu, the Lord our righteousness, for we are righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is Jehovah Shammah, meaning the Lord is there, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. He is Jehovah Rufi, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack for nothing. Yet, the Lord Jesus is all that the prophets said and more. He is Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Paul writes of him in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Old Puritan Samuel Rolliford said, They lose nothing who gain Christ, for to him give all the prophets witness. Stay with me. Here are some of the symbols and titles of Christ, shapes and foreshadows of the Lord Jesus. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the ending. He is the in-between. He is the second Adam and the last Adam. He is anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. He is Noah's Ark and he is the author of eternal salvation. He is the author and the finisher or the perfecter of our faith. He is the all together lovely one and he is our all and all. He is our anchor, our advocate, he is the almighty and the ancient of days, the angel of the Lord and the apostle and high priest of our profession. He is the arm of the Lord made bare unto us. He is the blessed and only potentate, the king of kings and lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in light, which no man can approach unto. He is the bright and the morning star, the brightness of the Father's glory. He is our brother, our bridegroom, and our beloved. He is the brazen serpent placed upon the pole for Moses, that he may heal all in Israel. He is Yahweh's branch and the bread of life. He is a great creator God, yet he is a child in the manger. He is a carpenter's son, yet he is the Christ of the Almighty God. He is called Commander, Captain of the Lord's hosts. The captain of our salvation. And he is the chiefest among any 10,000 to our souls. He is our covert from the tempest. Our city of refuge and our confidence. He is chosen of God and called. He is the consecrated one, the covenant to the people, the cornerstone, our crown and glory, our diadem of beauty. He is our counselor and comforter, our consolation of Israel. He is the Father's dear Son. He is the Father's only begotten Son. He is the Son of the Father's love. He is the Father's delight and the Jew unto Israel. He makes us as his people as a well-watered garden. And he is the desire of all nations. The day star and the day spring and the Day's man. The door of the great sheep. Our dwelling place and our defense. He is great David's greater son. Yet he was despised and rejected of men. He is tonight our deliverer. He is the ensign to the nations. He is equal with God. For in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. Yes, He is equal with God. And He is God. He is the express image of God's person. The everlasting Father. He is that eternal life that was with the Father. He is the end of ceremonial law. And our exceeding great reward. He is our friend. And he is the friend of sinners. He is the firstborn among many brethren, the first begotten from the dead, and he is the first fruits of the resurrection from the dead. He lives to die no more. He is a faithful witness and the forerunner, and he is fairer than the children of men, being anointed with oil above his fellows. Fruit He is the fruit of the earth, yet our faithful creator, our foundation and our fortress. He is the fountain of living waters and also a fountain open for sin and uncleanness in the house of David. He is our God, our guest, the governor of the nations, the governor of Israel, our guide and our glory. He is the highest. He is the head of all principalities and powers. He is the head of his body, which is the church. He is the Holy One, the husband and heir of all things, our great high priest and our habitation, our hiding place, our help, our hope our house of defense. He is the horn of our salvation and the head of the corner. He is the image of the invisible God invisible, immortal, incorruptible impeccable. He is Emmanuel the great I am interpreter and intercessor before our father in heaven he is the just one and the judge of the quick and the dead he is our keeper our king of kings and our lord of lords he is the king of Israel the king of saints the king of glory our leader our life our love the light of the world is our lord he is the lion of the tribe of Judah he is the lamb that was slain yes the lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world he now is the lamb in the midst of the throne yes He is Lord God Omnipotent, Lord of Heaven and Earth, yet the lowly Saviour, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of glory, the Lord of all, the Lord of the dead and the living, the Lord of the whole earth, the Lord of the lords and the Lord of the harvest is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is Messiah, yet he is man of very man. He is called the man of God's right hand. He is the man of sorrows, the man of Galilee, the man of Calvary, the man taken from among men, the man that is my fellow says Yahweh he is mighty God the mighty one he is mighty to save he is most high most upright most high and he is most holy he is the messenger of the covenant he is the minister of circumcision he is the master master teacher master ruler and the man of war in the scriptures he is our mediator mercy seat minister of the sanctuary merciful and faithful high priest our mirror and our campfire and our manner he is our Nazareth serene tonight. He is our offspring and the root of David. He is the only wise God our saviour omnipotent yet an offering for sin peace offering, our propitiation and our Passover. He is the power of God unto salvation. He is the prince of peace and the preserver of men. He is the plant of renown, our portion and he is precious. He is prophet, he is priest, he is physician. He is the prince of life, is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the resurrection and the life, the root of Jesse, and the root of David, root and Israel, and rich unto all, who call upon his name, He is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys, our redeemer, our ransom, our righteousness refiner and our purifier. He's our rock of ages, our refuge from the storm, our rivers of water, our rock of offense and our root out of a dry ground is our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the star of David and the son of righteousness, shepherd and bishop of our souls. He's the sower of the seed and the sower of the nations. He is is a stone of stumbling on our stronghold. He is the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. He is our shield and our buckler, our sword and our scepter, our great Solomon and our sanctuary. He is our saviour, our scapegoat, our sacrifice, our surety and our sanctification. He's the son of God and he's the son of the highest, the son of the blessed. Yet he is the son of man and the son of David, the seed of the woman and the greatest servant of man. He is our teacher. He is the truth, the treasure testator, the true God and eternal life. The tabernacle of God is with men and the temple of the Holy Ghost is our Lord. Jesus Christ, He is the tender plant. He's the te- He's the tree of life. He is the true vine. He is God's unspeakable gift to this world. He is the wisdom of God. He is the way to the Father. He is our wall of fire. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And He is called the Well- beloved One. Is our Lord Jesus Christ? What do you say to that, folks? Amen. <laughs> oh. that's who we serve tonight that's our Lord Jesus Christ Gary come on we'll worship One we'll team and we'll praise his name tonight he's the one with a life of purpose to save your soul God of very God coming being nailed the volume of the book that is written of me and he has nailed to the cross And he's burying away our sin and shame on the cross of Calvary. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be his name. You know how long it took me to try and work all those out? You wonder why I didn't get it finished the last night? Bless his holy name. Blessed be the name of the Lord.